Can we read this together? Everybody? Out loud? Okay. It's before you. If not, it'll be on the screen. Exodus chapter 3, verse 7 through 8. It says it this way. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their hard slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. Jumped up to chapter 2, verse 24 and 25. Now listen to this. Just listen. Don't read. God heard their groaning. And he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. May God bless the reading and hearing of his word. You may be seated. The land between is not a final destination. If you're stuck, it's not where you're supposed to be. It's, it's, it's a transient place that God wants to do something for you. But also, if you read the story, and I encourage you to read the book of Exodus, God said that the particular people who he had brought out of slavery, who whined and uh, griped and murmured and complained, he vowed that they would not enter the promised land. He said that these people who were constantly complaining about, oh, woe unto me, look where I find myself, you took me out of this, and now you brought me to this. And sometimes when we are set free, we don't really know how to be free. You know, we, we take the liberty and grace of God as, as this, you know, uh, license to continue to yearn and for those things of the past. And what God wants to do in this place, he wants to do something for you, in you. He wants to begin to mold you and, and remove some things from your life that, that just are not, are not suitable for this new place that he wants to take you. This new transition, and I said with you guys last week that we moved and, and it turned out that we had so much stuff that we didn't need. <laughs> you know, anybody ever move and you got so much stuff that you don't need? And it's absolutely right that way in our attitudes and our behaviors and things we say, the way we act. We, we, we have to begin to become single-minded in that place. That, that there is where we lean into God. In that place where we're stuck, in that place where we find our moments. And today we want to talk about some things that we should be doing when we find ourselves stuck in this land between because it's not a final destination. It's transition, and though it's difficult, let me tell you something. You can't do it on your own, but he can. And he has promised, and he is faithful. I love that scripture because he, you know, he remembered and said it's time to act. I made a promise to Abraham. I made a promise to Isaac. I made a promise to Jacob. And I don't know about you, but someone, made, God made a promise to my mother to do something for me. There is a praying mother. There is a praying father. There's been a praying community that has cried out for you to do something. My mother didn't go to church or anything like that. She was just desperate. <laughs> she was tired of seeing me come home. She was tired of seeing me get in trouble. Tired of seeing, and you know what mothers do. 
You know, if, if my mother had sackcloth and ashes, she would, you know, and do that. But she tried a lot of other things, you know. She, she said, you know, put this on, you know. <laughs> you know, and I mean, you know, put this cross over your forehead. See, see how that works out. And, you know, screamed and yelled and, and those kind of things. But I know, she, I know God heard her prayer. God remembered and said, it's time for me to act. And in the midst of my pain and hardship, God showed up and drew me out of that place and said, I'm gonna, I promise you, I'm going to do something with your life. But along the way, just like they found, you find yourself stuck from what you know and experience and what you like to now being stuck. And when you're stuck, you wind up murmuring about, I should have stayed over there. I was better off. Imagine that, the sickness in this room or beyond this room that we can feel that we were better off over there. That because this gets a little hard, it says, God, man, I don't know what you brought me here for. You know, you just heard a testimony about, man, you know, I was here and, you know, I was married and I was this and I was that. And then all of a sudden I come to God and he's like, I'm leaving you. I'm like, what? I thought it was going to get better. I said, God, what happened? I, I went to church. And sometimes we come to church and we say, God, okay, we're here. And we begin, I said last week, that we negotiate with God. Right? We carry our Bibles, clean ourselves up, sit in the front row, say hallelujah, glory to God, and say, God, you got to fix this. And if you don't fix it, I'm out of here. And it's so important for us to embrace that if the land between is where our faith goes to die or be revived. And that's something that we have to hold on to. We have to realize that in the midst of that place, in this place that we think is barren and nothing is going on, God is doing something. God is doing something inside you. He, he's doing something inside you. God, God begins to poke and to prod, and then he begins to undress you. And you're like, no, 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 don't show that. He says, no, I need to see that. I need to expose that. I, I, need, to, I, need, to see every, I need to see everything about you as if he doesn't know it. But he wants you to begin to pull it off and begin to take off and put to death and begin to say, God, I need you and only you. And that's a powerful witness that you will say, you know what? It's God and only God. I don't care. I don't care if the children don't get it right. I don't care if my wife don't get it right. I don't care if the finances are not right. I don't care if the car break down. I don't care if I'm afflicted. God, it's you and only you. You and only you. Trust God because he is faithful. We trust God because we lean into God because he is faithful. And that place where we find ourselves stuck, listen to me, lean into God. Tell your neighbor, lean into God. Now, we know the book of Exodus talks about deliverance. It talks about exit. I truly believe that you're stuck in a place today that you need to realize that God doesn't want you to stay there. So, so don't pitch a tent. Don't pitch a tent. You know, don't, don't, don't buy too many furnishings. God doesn't want you to stay there. Realize that it's transient. God wants to move you. God wants to get you from there to here to there. It says the Bible wants to take you from glory to glory. He wants you to experience God on different levels. He wants you to move. You listen, we, we move in steps, but we grow in stages. And it's so important for us that we were once children, but we're no children no more. If you've come here and taken some classes, and all of a sudden life hits you in the face, you say, God, you got me, right? You got me, right? Because, because this ain't feeling good right now, God. <laughs> you know, this ain't feeling right. You know, I'm not eating right. You know, I ain't got too much in my pocket, God. People are looking at me funny. I'm smelling funny, God. You, you, you got me, right? So you know what I do? I lean into God. 
Philemon the God. Oh, man. There's some stuff going on in this land between. It's a very powerful thing that you have to see because God continues to reveal himself. And, and if we're not quiet and we're not still, we're going to miss the provision of God. We're going to miss his protection. We're going to miss his power, fulfilling the purpose in our lives in that very place. Because here's what I do know in the story as you read Exodus. The, the reason that he had to kill off that generation is because they had some bad habits. They had picked up some stuff over here that now they wanted to carry into this place that he promised. And God said, no. I'm sorry, that outfit don't fit you no more, that attitude don't fit you no more, that behavior don't fit you no more. And one of the most profound things is to see someone come through these doors and be exposed to the love of God. And allow the Holy Spirit to begin to squeeze you and God, and you meet God in Scripture and God begins to reveal Himself to you and begins to elevate you. And there, there are moments where you're not feeling that low anymore and you're not feeling that, 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 that down anymore. Like that suddenly you, you are thinking other than yourself. That it's not about you anymore. That's change. That's why we celebrate what goes on in this place. Because, because God is about change. See, he, he wants to take you and fix you and clean you up so that the world will look at you and say, man, but that guy was a fool over there. And doesn't God take the foolish things of this world and don't bound the wise? That he would take you know, a couple of young men who were addicted to drugs, all crazy, running through Greenpoint, and say, I want you to start a church. I want you to start a church. I want you to learn it on Monday and teach it on Wednesday. I want you to invite your friends into the house. I want you to let this guy sleep in your living room. Are you sure? Around my kids? No, nah, this guy's going to steal my jewelry, man. <laughs> right? But just keep on loving on people. Keep on loving on people. Just keep on loving on people. And we are what we are today. Imagine this vision about what we're projecting now, about this whole idea of your family and friends being able to click their computer and be able to see a message that's being preached to them right where they are. And they can experience what you're experiencing. And along the way, they can go down a list and find a church where they can go wherever they are and serve. Your whole family will come to the Lord and your friends and your community will be impacted by what started in this corner right here in this place. God is about movement. Whoever thought. Whoever thought. Whoever thought. But here's what God is looking for. And I love this because God is always looking. Even in these places where we're stuck, God is looking to and fro across the land to see who will say yes to him. Even in the midst of our pain, that we would say yes to him. Even in the midst of our situation, that we would say yes to them. And it's so important for us to realize, listen, if your theology is not a biography, then there's a disconnect. There's a disconnect. If what you are believing, glory be to God, is not how you are living, something's up. If, if you're over here saying, God, 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 Holy Spirit, you know, the Word and all this stuff, and you're still stuck in a place where all you see is the shrubbery and the sand and the rocks and the snails and the snakes, then you're missing what God is doing in the midst. Amen? Amen. And in the midst of that, never doubt the power of prayer. 
Never doubt the power of God to meet you where you are in the midst of your pain, in the midst of your struggle. Never, never deny God access to that place where you find yourself stuck. And it's so important that we realize that because there are some things that happen when we find ourselves stuck. We start complaining, we start blaming, and we start trying to explain to God what's going on. As if he doesn't know. Right? You know, you go back to Genesis, the woman you gave me. You know, you know, Moses was, you know, these people, man. You know, like, like, you know, you know, so you go on and on and on. And listen to me. I need you to stop looking to the left or the right behind you in front of you. I need you to focus on the person in your seat. It's through you that God is going to make a move. It's through you that God is going to affect your family, your friends, your workplace. It's through you. Don't wait for somebody else to do it. Get with God wherever you find yourself at in this current place. Get with God and then say, God, okay, here I am, God. I want to say yes to you. I want you to use me. I don't feel too good right now. I don't feel like I can accomplish this. But you promised something. You know, I, I, I heard you back then. And I, and I got up and I packed everything up and I moved. And I started to come. But then suddenly I, I find myself, you know, like, man, I'm, I'm, this is a rough place. And someone once said, in fact, it was said from this pulpit, that being in, in the will of God is uncomfortable sometimes. But there's no other place I'd rather be. There's no other place I'd rather be. I want to be in the center. I want to be in the will of God. I want, I want that place because I know that in that place, that's where God is. That's where God meets me. That's where God provides for me. That's where God protects me. That's where God begins to peel away the layers of my heart and heart. And some of us still have a heart and heart and we wonder why we're stuck. Some of us are still dibbing and dabbing the same old things. And God is saying, okay, I need to take that away. And you're holding on to it too tight. And he's saying, you can't use that way. I promised to take you. He said, yeah, but, you know, just in case, just in case. Yeah, just in case. And, you know, there's no plan B with God. It's his plan. It's his way. You know, we have to do it his way. We have to try to, you know, discover what he's doing and follow him. It's a beautiful thing when you look at the Bible and you realize that the people did not move until they saw the sign of God as he guided them. You know, you read the story in Exodus, this, this cloud appeared during the day and this fire appeared. And, and, and I must have, you know, like I can imagine them being there and saying, okay, guys, be ready when he reveals himself. And they were like, oh, they're going to fire. And they would move. Or they go to the cloud and, and they would move. That's why I say don't get comfortable in this place of transition. Don't get comfortable where you feel in this place where you feel stuck. This land between is not the place you're supposed to be. It's not a final destination. God wants to move you. Glory to glory. Another level, another place where he can reveal himself to you. Some of us are still seeking purpose. Your purpose is just to glorify God where you are. The world will know. That he's done something in you that nobody else could do. That he's doing something for you that nobody else could do. Amen? Amen. Amen. So I want to talk about a couple of things. And like I said, I'm not ever going to give you quick fixes, three steps to do this, to do that. I want to talk about the fact that being in this place, this land between, that God was going to reveal something about you. And if you find yourself in that place, there are three areas that I want you to look at. I want you to look at your prayer life. When you're stuck in that land between. I want you to look at your praise. 
And I want you to look at your posture. I, I want you to be able to look at those three things, and we're going to kind of unfold them a little bit so that you can understand. When, when you're in this place, this land between where you feel, okay, you know, what's next? And can I say that if you're there, if you find yourself in that, don't try to run out of there. It's trying to get to fifth grade if you're in first. You know, it's trying to shift gears, you know, get to four before you get to two. It's trying to do a four step before doing a bona fide one and two. It's important for us that if we're there, it's not that we're, it's a final destination. It's just a place for us to move. But there's something for us that while we're there that we have to learn. That God wants to do something inside of us so that when we enter here, how many of us love the idea of getting to a place and then having to get back? You know what we call that, left back, right? Right, people get like left back, right? Or the two-step mambo, right? Two and one forward. You know, you never accomplish anything like that. So it's important for us to realize that God wants to move us. So my question to you, if you find yourself there, and if you're not there yet, I guarantee you that you will get there. Because there's something about us that God has to peel away. You know, being humble is not something we do naturally. <laughs> you know, humility is not something we do naturally. Pride and ego is something that we do. We talk about the things we have even if we don't have them. We talk about what we are even if we're not that. There's something about bragging and something about talking about what we are when we aren't. Something that's lacking in our lives. So God knows that. And as he moves us, he wants to be able that when you get there, you're humble. You're humble because that's the attraction that God wants. Amen? So in your prayer, you should approach the throne of grace boldly. When you're there, what are your prayers like? We say something around here to watch the quality of your prayers. Watch the quality of prayers. Get rid of this grocery list. Get rid of this, you know, gimme, 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 gimme kind of thing. And Moses' prayer is so profound when he finds himself in that place after he leaves and he starts moving with these people and they start murmuring and complaining. You know, uh, he doesn't complain to God. He goes to God and reminds him of the promise. And that's a powerful thing. God, you promise. That you would get me out of this. You promised that you would not abandon nor forsake me. You promised that you would get me out of this. You would, that you would protect me. Your word tells me that you're a healer. That, that, that you are, you know, that, that verse where he says, he looked down and said it was time for him to act. It was time for him to move. Those people were in slavery over 400 years. And he was like, you know, enough of this, man. I think they learned their lesson. I think it's time for me to send someone to help them come out of that place of difficulty. But how many of us know that movement is never easy for some of us? We get comfortable. We, we want to stay in the same place. It's almost like wearing a, an outfit or a, a clothing that don't fit you no more. And someone literally has to rip it from your hands and throw it out. I'm a big Yankee fan, and I had this Yankee shirt from the 70s that had one too many holes, right, honey? And uh, looking for my shirt one day, and it was gone. And, uh, you know, you understand the sentimental, I guess, 
sentimental values that it had. But it don't fit us no more. And our prayers, the quality of prayers have to change. You've got to start crying about why this is happening to you and realize it's for you. And God, you made a promise to me and that you would hold on to his promise that he would take you to a land flowing with milk and honey. That's what he said he would do. He told them when they were on one side, the disciples, he says, meet me on the other side. The storm wasn't supposed to get them. So it's important for us to realize that God is a God of movement. So watch the quality of our prayers. Don't let it be a place where you complain and blame and explain. Lean into God and realize that what happens is when you complain, blame, and explain, you begin to plant seeds of bitterness and resentment. And like I said, that place there is a transient place. It's not a final destination. But if you begin to be bitter and resentful, you will begin to establish roots in that place. And while everybody else is transient and moving past that place, they'll see your tree. And then fruits, you'll begin to bear fruits as that tree grows. You'll be angry all the time. You'll be wondering, why me? Why? Rather than celebrating why your brother's been blessed. Envy will come in. Discord. You walk into the room and people will leave and you wonder why. You'll be like, hmm, is that me? It's because some of our attitudes stink. And it has a lot to do with how we experience that land between. So watch the quality of your prayer. Stop complaining. Stop blaming. Stop trying to explain. God knows. What you have to begin to say is, okay, God, what are you doing right now for me? What is it you're trying to do in my life? You know, for some of us, our finances are all over the place. Maybe God has you in this land between financially because you get it in one hand and it's gone in the other hand. You have no system, no principles, no value whatsoever for his provision. You're living beyond your means. And you don't know how to save or give. (laughs) Don't get me started on that one. You know, I truly believe in the power of giving. I, I know all that. I, I, you know, like I said, you know, I always say my wife is my better 99.9%. She has a gift of hospitality. I'd be like, it's time for these people to leave. <laughs> Honey, it's time for them to go home. And she's still serving, still loving. I say, okay, I might as well just go with the flow. You know? But those gifts, you know, are far and few in between when we're so stuck about us. How many of us here are willing to serve the person next to you? How many of us, when we're stuck in a place, will just get outside ourselves and find someone sicker than we are? Someone hurting more than we are? Serve someone else and say, man, how can I serve you today, brother? How can I serve you today, sister? What's going on? You know, give me, you, know, you know what gets me sometimes? Is that people will ask you how you're doing and not sit down long enough to find out how you're doing. How you doing? Bye, how you doing? <laughs> and they just keep moving. You want to know how I'm doing? Be still. Right? And it's so important for us. So watch the quality of your prayers, right? What is your prayer acknowledging? Is something happening to you or for you? Is God a God of movement or not? The next thing is your praise. How many of us? Right? How many of us? Like like when you praise God, is he Jesus, lover of my soul? 
Is he the everlasting Lord? You are good. Is he indescribable? Is I mean, are those? Is that what's coming out of your mouth and your praise? And you say, Pastor, I can't praise God when I'm stuck in that land. Well, that's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for you to praise him. He's waiting for you to praise him and acknowledge him for who he is. Isn't he all-powerful? Isn't he all-knowing? Isn't he present everywhere at all times? So when we pray, like, what's, what's your praise like? When you find yourself in a place where things are not going your way, right? And you begin to praise him. And you begin, like, like, what songs are you singing today? The Bible says that we should be singing new songs. Right, that our lives should indicate the new songs in our life, the songs of joy and praise and exuberance to Him. He deserves all the glory, all the honor, all the praise. So, uh, in that place that you find yourself, when you're stuck, that land between, realize it's not a final destination, it's not where God wants you to stay, but there's something going on inside you that's being revealed. You praise God when things are going good, but when things are going bad, you stop praising Him. You pray to God about everything under the sun. And then when you get to that place, you forget to pray for someone else. Someone told me just recently, I learned this is a powerful thing, and I hope that you guys take it with you. He said, when the enemy is coming at you, begin to pray for someone that if they got saved, it would wreck Satan's world. Imagine that. And I heard a very powerful testimony by a young guy who um, was praying for a Mexican rapper. And he prayed with his Mexican rapper because this guy used to spit out and dehumanize women and call all kinds of stuff. And one day he went on a mission trip and he walked into this tent meeting. And guess who's at the pulpit? The Mexican rapper. And he goes up to him and he shakes his hand. He says, man, I've been praying for you for the longest. When did you get saved? I got saved three years ago. Exactly the time that he started to pray for the guy. Didn't even know who he was, but he was, and he went, he said, and you know, I got three people already that I'm praying for. So I'm saying, okay, Satan, you're going to come after me? I want this person served so he can wreck your world because that person is, is serving you wholeheartedly. I'm going to start praying for that person. So I want you, it's called target prayer. When you find yourself stuck, begin to pray for someone that if they got saved, I got like three people on the top of my head. Top of my head. Rock stars, movie stars. I want these people saved for the glory of God. So that you stop. Because you know what happens when you get attacked, right? God, help me, please, God. I can't take this, God, please. Please, please, God, help me, help me, God, help me. Stand up. Say, what? You're coming after me? I'm coming after him. I'm calling down heaven to go after him. Get him saved. Get her saved. That's, that's something. That, that's going to change the whole way that you experience that land between. Sometimes what you go through. Amen? So watch the quality of your prayers. Man, get your praise on, man. Get, get your praise on, man. It's all right to say hallelujah and mean it. You know? Maybe you need to get in Medea mode and say Hallelujah. I don't know, but, 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 but you, need to, you need to get your praise on in the midst of what you're going through. I, I don't feel like praising you, but I'm going to praise you. 
I don't feel it, but I'm not going to let no rock out praise me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just praise you. I'm just, I'm just going to thank you. What? You're wonderful. You're awesome. You're magnificent. You're mighty. Why? You're my provider. Why? You're my banner. Why? Ooh, you're my healer. What? No. I just keep going into it. You get to have a, you ever drive your car and you're just going crazy hitting the steering wheel and you're banging it. Somebody pulls up next to you and going, Man, make your car sanctuary. Shut off that, that bachata. Shut off that, that music you're listening to. Get your praise on, man. Get your praise on. Amen? Glory be to God. Hallelujah. The next thing is your posture. What is your posture claiming? Are you all balled up in an infantile position when you find yourself in that land between? Because your posture indicates a great deal. I'm always telling my son, firm handshake, straighten out your back, and look at me. Look at someone when you greet them. There's a reason for that. It speaks volume about what's going on. You ever see someone walk in and say, how you doing? I'm highly favored. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm living in victory. You know? Your posture begins to indicate whether you are a victim or a victor. God is telling you to stand up. Are your hands up or are they down? Is your chest out? Are your eyes looking towards the heaven where your help comes from? I mean, that's the posture that you have to be able to realize. Are your palms open, waiting to receive what God has for you? Oh, man. Oh, man. Listen, I don't know where you are. If you're not there yet... You're going to get there. Because there's some things about you that God doesn't want you to take into that new place. Into that new life. And some of us wind up going through those things. Going through those things. And we miss God's provision. His power. His protection. Fulfilling His purpose in our lives. So watch the quality of your prayers. Get your praise on, man. Come on now. Like, like, act like you're crazy for Jesus. Yes. Just, 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 just get your praise on. And then your posture. Your posture. Stand up. The Bible says, stand up. Stand up, everybody. Come on. Everybody. Let's sing freedom reigns in this place. Freedom reigns in this place. Freedom reigns in this place. Let's stand up. Let our posture be one of praise. Let's worship. Let's magnify. Let's glorify His name. Hallelujah. You may not be there, but you're going to get there. You've just been given some information. Some information about when you get there. So that you don't have to stay there longer than you have to stay there. So your prayer... Watch the quality of prayer. Stop blaming. Stop complaining. Oh. Yes, Lord. Okay. I'd like to thank our eldership and the congregation for embracing me here at our house. It's good to be home. Before I embarked on my Christian journey and came to Christ, I was self-centered, a liar, rebellious, and depleted of joy in my life. There was an emptiness I tried to fill with recklessness, clubbing, drugs, alcohol, and marriage. 
I thought my purpose had finally arrived when I became a mother. Motherhood was just a band-aid to my true calling, which I now realize I ignored for many years. It wasn't until I surrendered to my addiction and became a member to a 12-step fellowship and working steps with a sponsor, she reintroduced me to my God. My eyes, ears, and mind started awakening. My heart was another story. It was still broken. There was something still missing. My marriage was suffering. Brother Segundo had invited my husband and I to church. I visited several times, joined the Bible class. In January of this year, I accepted Christ as my Lord and Savior. Following this huge event, another quickly followed, the separation of my marriage. My husband said these words to me after his departure. Cling to your God because that is all you will have in the end. Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength. Well, that was the best suggestion I received and I will never regret taking it. What a true joy it has been thus far. Cultivating a relationship with God, getting to know him on a deeper level, and the church members. Instead of taking advantage of people and situations, I now take advantage of all the church has to offer. Spiritual retreats, book studies, workshops, the women's brunches. Oh my goodness. Yes. Um, I'm sorry, I lost my... (laughs) My goodness, where am I? Oh my goodness. Okay, here we go. Fellowshipping after services and getting to know my fellow sisters and brothers in Christ. My process has been slow, especially memorizing scriptures. But like anything else, so long as I keep coming back, the rest will follow. Prior to this special day, another hardship has followed. I was diagnosed with the beginning stages of emphysema. Still struggling with the smoking, please pray for me, family. It's uncertain how this will all unfold. All I know is whomever pursues me must seek Christ to enter my heart and life today. Whatever the outcome, I've turned my will and my life over to Christ. His will be done, not mine. Learning to place all situations at the cross and not allowing them to consume me today. The Lord works in amazing ways. Many people fight and die physically or spiritually for their faith. Following our precious Lord takes great courage and a lot of faith and is not something to be taken lightly. When following the Lord is all or nothing and no in between. This is the best decision I've ever made in my life and I have absolutely no regrets. As stated in Matthew chapter 22, verse 37, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. Praise God.